episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of Loaded Sport, where today we're going to be previewing the start of the Darts Premier League. Also going to be looking towards the start of the Rugby Six Nations and the return to Premier League action after the FA Cup weekend. Last weekend, joining me to go through it, three gents that uh, we'll be becoming more and more familiar with. We'll start by introducing Sam. I know you said you weren't feeling well earlier, mate. Are you feeling better now? Yeah, a bit better, mate. Thank you very much. Still, still a bit throaty, but yeah, we power through, don't we? But uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Not a problem. Skin, how are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Thank you. How about your lovely self? I'm I'm doing all right, thank you. Uh, eager to get through and uh, talk a bit more about the conclusion of the transfer window and, of course, the start of the Premier League darts a little bit later all on. All happening, well. mate, innit? We've got all sorts happening over the next few days. What a wonderful time to be recording a preview show. Absolutely. And uh, welcoming Kemp. You all right, Kemp? Mr Dawson, Mr White, man with the mic, how are we doing? Glad to have you back, mate. Glad to have you back. Thanks, How are you feeling? You're better. I know you're off. I'm all right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely fine. It's just, um, I, I don't know, time of the year, uh, time of the month, maybe, um, mm-hmm. that things just very, very busy and start to feel a little bit run down. So I thought yeah. I'd have a, a night off because I don't want to be uh, contributing to Loaded Sport when I'm not 100%. So uh, I'm back. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Let's crack on because this episode... It's loaded sport. There's lots and lots of sport. It is, stuff popping about, off. So let's get to it. It is, mate. And if it makes you feel better, we absolutely smashed it without you. So don't feel too bad. Oh, I always knew. Never in doubt. <laughs> we got mudgy, mudgy, didn't we? Mudgy gets it appearance. Got mudgy Wait, hang on. You say you yeah. smashed it without me. Does that mean Adam weren't here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good to have uh, you back, prick. Right, crack let's... On, crack on, it's too early for this. <laughs> let's start by talking about the conclusion of the transfer window. And it may have been a little bit too late for Everton having uh, agreed a deal to bring in Sean Dyche as the new manager. Your man. Who could have predicted that one happening. Um, and on deadline day, got rid of Anthony Gordon to Newcastle. However, didn't really get around to replacing him. So we're going to kick things off, Sam. Your opinion, first of all, of the, I'd say, poor transfer window for Everton. Uh, I mean, I'm going <laughs> to start with sign anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, sold, it's still a transfer window, isn't it? It is, but... Uh, yeah, obviously Sean Dyche has come in. Uh, they brought him in what two or three days before the window closed. So yeah, it, any kind of buy, I don't think would have really been his man, would it? I don't think so. I kind of yeah. get the late. There was not really any late push to try and sign anyone. They've obviously lost out on that. That Jan Juma or whatever his fucking name is. Oh, um, yeah. Binned it, didn't he? Binned it big time. Didn't want Dope to do with him, which I can't really blame him. A minute, uh, Anthony Gordon. Just seems like a proper fair weather boy, done. He's not interested in getting sleeves rolled up. And from what I've seen of him, I don't think they'll miss him. I think they've actually got a bargain with him, to be fair. 40 million. I think Newcastle have done, uh, they've been absolutely fleeced. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what you lot think of that, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not impressed with not been too much impressed with him, to be honest. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. He's got a lot of hype. Was linked to, was it Chelsea in the summer for, for quite a large fee? I yeah. think it was up. Almost double that, if, if I remember rightly. Uh, and he's not had the best of seasons. And yeah, Newcastle boy, forty-five million. Which for me, we, we've spoke a lot about Newcastle's progress and their their use of their newfound wealth and and all that. And I, I think this is 
the first signing that I've seen from them where I've kind of gone like, really? Like this this doesn't yeah. seem to be as smart as uh, as the rest of the signings they've made. But we know Eddie Howe and his team are phenomenal coaches. They're they're, they're in great form. You know, maybe with the right coach and the right guidance, he'll, he'll turn into a top player for them because he has got a lot of hype and he's he's obviously got that for a reason. You, you know, we may not have seen it ourselves on you know on certain Everton highlights we've seen or games that we've watched, but there's clearly something there for him to be getting the the acclaim that he's got over the last few months. I think from my perspective on this one, you know, I think Adam mentioned there that they'd not had a very good window and wanted Sam's thoughts on that. I think getting £45 million for Anthony Gordon, I think that's a great deal. Yeah. It's a great deal for Everton. And and you say, you know, not a good window. I mean, that's, that's a, if you're not going to bring anyone in, you know, what you want to do is you want to sell high for, for more than, than players are worth. Um, and and that's what they've done, you know. I think I, I completely agree with Sam. Bringing anybody in before the you know end of the window wouldn't have been Darch's man, wouldn't have been the right thing to do. I don't think. And I, I don't think Everton's problem is they haven't got the players and they haven't got the talent. I think it's just maybe the attitude being lacking and maybe a little bit of a, a lack of leadership, which Sean Darch will you know most definitely implement. So yeah, again, I don't think it's it's, it's obviously not great that they've not brought anybody in, but you know it's it's a uh, it's it's perfect to describe what Everton have been in the last few years, a, a very badly run club. And hopefully for Everton fans and sake, Sean Dyche can come in and do what he seemingly did successfully for many years with Burnley and that's keep them up. So um, yeah, um, that from the Everton side of things, but from the Newcastle side of things, you mentioned there, Dawson, I mean, if I'd paid £45 million for a player and, and I was relying on the manager and the coaches to coach him to a certain level, you know, that's a problem there. You know, if I'm playing £45 million for a player, I want him to be not ridiculously far off the end product. So we'll we'll see how it plays out. He was tipped he's, as like a very, very big player for the future, wasn't he, as well? So I think he's not really shone too much this year. I know he's been in a, an Everton side that's been underperforming 19th at the moment, but I, I can't help but feel that leaving it till this late to bring in Sean Dyche and then him not really being able to sign anybody because of how late it was left, and then getting rid of a player with so much promise, I think they've effectively just signed their own relegation. That'd be a shame, wouldn't it? There's a there's a long way to go, and we've already discussed when Lampard was still in, and it looked like he was going to be leaving. We spoke about potential replacements, and I think more of us said Sean Dash would be the right man for that situation than didn't. Lampard so. had just signed a seven-year contract, if Sam would, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so uh, let's give time. him a chance. But... It's, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week on the review show, but it's not the best game to start with, is it? Playing Arsenal top of the league, it doesn't get much harder than that. The, I suppose the slight advantage is it is at Goodison Park. They are very hostile at the moment towards the uh, towards the owners, but I'm sure they will try and get right behind Sean Dyche to, to give him the best possible start. Can any of you lads see them uh, getting a result this weekend? I can't, but it's it's a free hit, isn't it? It's a free hit for Everton to, to this weekend. They're at home against Arsenal, and no one's expecting them to win this one. And I think they've got new managers. New managers come in. New manager syndrome is a real thing. That them it players is. Uh, is is a man's man, isn't he? You know, to say um, what's the old, the cliche. Um, and I think I think straight away he's going to come in and he's going to make an impact. Those that aren't pulling the weight, it will definitely. Probably a grab the neck knowing them, yeah. Uh, and I think you know what it's. It's. I mean, save it for wild card. But it's the sort of game that I could potentially see that being a, a wild card prediction, just because yeah. it's. It's got the makings of it, hasn't it? You know, they've got no right. They're at home. 
They've got a new manager. I I, I think that they would have a potential at least a free hit to Arsenal at the end of the day. Well, you speak about the wild cards, and we will save it, and we won't spoil it. But if there is one man that is going to be eyeing up that fixture, it is it is the man that holds Sean Dyche close and dear to his heart, <laughs> and that's Adam. Adam, obviously avoiding potential wild card spoilers, but can you see them improving this weekend, or do you think? the type of manager that Sean Dash is, it might take him a couple of games to get into the rhythm and start potentially turning fortunes around. I think they've got no hope. And I, I know you oh, guys wow. have said that you think that there's potential that they could stay out of relegation with how Sean Dyche is going to turn things around there. And I am a fan of Dyche, but I'm, I'm wondering more of where can you see these performances coming from? Who can you see these performances coming from that's going to be able to turn the tide for Everton? Because at the moment, there's been a lot of players underperforming some just don't have the ability in general. And there's been a couple of signings maybe made by Lampard or before Lampard as well that you sit there and maybe question for Everton. And with all the turmoil going on behind the scenes as well, from somebody who's been in a similar sort of situation with their club, obviously different level, different competition completely. But in a similar situation, it puts players off wanting to go. So like you mentioned at the beginning, Sam, about the transfer that fell through, maybe just took a look at Everton and thought, no, I don't want to be a part of that. It's a sinking ship from behind the scenes to on the field. I really can't see how Everton are going to get themselves out of this without that change of ownership. Yeah. I mean, they've got they've got a bit of talent. You look, they just haven't been playing well. I don't know. I'm going to say this now in case Jake listens and they're going to come at me after this because he normally does. I don't know what their injury situa- situation is like to start with. So just looking through the team now, obviously they've got a couple of bits in. They've got Decore, they've got Adrisa Gay, um, it will be obviously shows flashes here and there. Um, well, that obviously, boy Pickford. Yeah, I'm talking more attacking options. Obviously, like yeah. I said, I don't know where they're going to get the spark from. Dominic uh, I will point out they no. haven't really got any injuries. Mm. Um, they've got okay. Townsend out. Other than that, they're pretty much fully fit other than a couple of yeah. sort of fringe. So obviously you mentioned there, Adam, and, and Sam, you probably right. you, you might touch on this, but, you know, you, you say... Who are they going to get a performance out of? You know, who are they going to get a you know who are they going to get a turnout of sort of thing? And I'm in no way am I comparing Sean Dyche to Eric Ten Hag, absolutely not. But under Ralph Rangnick, those exact same questions were being asked of of of, of Man United. You know, who's going to come in and get a turnout of these players because of the the, the pitiful? But you know, apart from Pogba leaving and a couple of players being brought in, obviously pivotal players, but then you've got Rashford playing absolutely out of his skin. And Shaw played out of his skin, um, and these players that last season, you know, yeah, couldn't couldn't lace, you know, <laughs> probably couldn't lace Everton players' boots um, to, to this season, you know, going really, really well. So I, I do think a change in coach and a change in leadership can have that dramatic effect on on players. Whether it'll Sean Dyche will have a turnaround that quickly in 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 a matter of days and and then beat the league leaders, perhaps not. But you say that who, the, who you know who they're going to get a turnout of. You know, we have seen in the past that when there is a change in leadership, you know, things do change on the pitch as well. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made that change. So we'll have to see. It'll be very interesting. And I don't completely agree with Adam in the sense that, you know, there's absolutely no chance. You know, Dawson's the biggest proponent of any given Sunday. And that's that's always the that's always the case in the Premier League. That's why it's so exciting. But at the same time, it, it, it's going to be very, very difficult for Deitch to to come out of that game with any points. But like you say, Sam completely agree. It's a free hit. He can say yeah. to his guys... Yeah. These are top of the league. Show me what you've got. Show a bit of passion and desire because if you don't, you know, you won't be starting for me next week because, you know, I'm looking at you fresh with, with fresh eyes. So it's a very interesting situation and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. They've, they've got they've got an out-and-out out number nine, haven't they? That's, they don't need yeah. to worry about that. They just, they just need to get him fit and firing. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. 
I know he's obviously coming back from a big injury layoff. If he starts firing, that, that's all a club a club that's down in the dumps need. They they get one hitman up top who they, who they look. He, he could solve a lot of their issues up top there. Do you think he's got the ability then to do that? I, I probably, think so. I'd... Yeah, I think so. Mm, I think he's got. I think he's got. He's easily got a fifteen goal a season in him. I'd say Calvert Lewin. Would you not? I'm not saying uh, he's going to score fifteen from now to the end of yeah, the season. Yeah. I'm saying you know, yeah. as over a season, I think he could easily get a team of fifteen goals. We've got to remember as well is that not so long ago, Calvert Lewin was you know tipped as Kane's second in command. Yeah, you know he, he was always behind Harry Kane in the pecking order for the England squad. So yeah. again. I've always made I've already made my feelings, you know, fairly clear on Lampard and what I think to him as a manager and as a coach, and I don't rate him very highly at all. You know, bringing a new coach in who's experienced, who's who's you know proven to 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 get results at that level. Are they going to get some out of Calvert Lewin? You know, as, a, as an He's England player, I hope so. Big number nine. Yeah, big number nine. He's had plenty of them at Burnley. <laughs> um, Looking at Chris Ward. Chris Ward. Chris Ward. Yeah, side eye, Chris Ward. Um, but but yeah, you know, as an England fan, I'm hoping that he gets a tune out of Calvert Lewin because you know Ivan Tony, an informed Calvert Lewin, and Harry Kane wouldn't be a bad three. So um, we'll see, and, and fingers crossed, Darch can get a tune out of him and and other players um, going forward. I hope they do stay up. I know I've said that I don't think they will, but I hope they do because I'm very much like you say. I'm like a dinosaur with football and Everton, of course, having never been relegated out of the Premier League, and if I remember rightly, the never worst actually relegated. type of person you are. The were you're probably one of them people that says Bournemouth don't belong in Premier League and Swansea didn't belong. Newcastle in too big to go down. No, mate, yeah, no, New, no, no, no. I don't, I don't say down. that, but of course they've never been relegated. So for me, that, mate. if they're not good enough, they're going no, fucking they're down. Not, exactly. Enough, Adam's fucking prime you know. for a spot on top. You shut up and bias, fucking listen. <laughs> shut course, up, shut up, Kim. Of course, if they're not good enough, they're going to go down. But of course, having never been relegated, it's nice to see them sort of sides being able to stay up. And no, I'm not a person that's a former don't It makes it sweeter. Fuck them yeah, up. I'm with Kemp on this. I, I won't mind seeing him good dad, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, G. Right, OK. <laughs> My head fucking hurts with you guys sometimes. Right, um, let's move on to the listener lock-ins and the wildcard skin. In just a few moments' time, we're going to get things underway with the listener lock-in. But who is it that's going to be joining us? It's Dan Malloy joining us this week. Uh, big Derby fan. He's a Titans Up fan. Up the fucking Rams. Come on. He, he wants to talk a bit of golf for you, Kemp. So I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, as well it's as the gaffer. main... <laughs> not bother then. Uh, as well as the main event of the week, which is our locks, scorers and wildcards. Welcome back to episode 27 of Loaded Sport. It is now time for the fifth listener lock-in. Welcome in, Dan Malloy. Dan, welcome to Loaded Sport. Nice, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here on the on the rocket ship that is Loaded Sport. <laughs> Thank you very All much. Right. Start by uh, telling us who you support and why. Uh, I'm a Derby fan because... Up I, the I was, fucking Rams, oh, come on. Fucking come on then. Let's have you. Um, yeah, I, w- I was born there. There's nothing else to to say on that one and you know Alyosha Hasanovic is the greatest player to only ever play one season for any club ever <laughs> what a boy what's your uh, what's your your fondest memory as a Derby fan then oh um, probably my first game actually and it wasn't a league game uh, there's not many 
like pleasant memories as a Derby fan when you're my age. Um, <laughs> apart from you know the Harry Wilson free kick against Man U was pretty magical. Oh, oh. Um, but no, my first game, I think I was like it was still at the baseball ground because I am yeah that old. Uh, and it was Martin Taylor's testimonial, our goalkeeper against Everton. We were losing 1-0 at half-time and we won 4-1 and Martin Taylor took the penalty to score the fourth goal. Love that. Uh, that's, a, that's retro memory, that is. And that is me then kind of looking at it going, goalkeepers can take penalties because I was like six, seven years old, whatever it was. So, yeah, probably that. And that was, I think that was like one of the last games in the baseball ground as well. So. Mm. Can't that's forget. A, a sweet, sweet memory as well for all Derby fans, obviously, last season. In fact, they're getting saved because it looked very real very real that we were going out of business didn't it at one point well yeah um, and then Chris Kirshner uh, as soon as he well as soon as he came in I already knew a lot of the stories that was going on because he uh, I'm obviously massively into my golf uh, ah yeah he loves golf doesn't he dropping that in there for Kemp but Slink.io sponsors so much of the PGA Tour and there was already a lot of talk in a lot of podcasts that I listened to like this guy doesn't appear to be doing these things and now apparently he's trying to buy a football club in the in you know in the UK and I was like oh shit that's us please don't know it please don't be that <laughs> um so yeah I mean it, obviously it was great sort of how it ended up and you know Dave's come in and David I think Klaus, what a boy fucking what a guy what a guy huge fan huge huge fan um but yeah uh, I I was working for a company who was uh looking at we were supposed to be doing some work for Derby, but it required looking in. This is when Mel was still there, but it mm. also required us looking at their books. Oh right, oh god, well, uh, that didn't make pretty look into it. Well, as soon as we, uh, as soon as we, yeah, as soon as we sort of said, well, we need to look at your books and know what you're spending. Uh, the conversations ended quite quickly, <laughs> um, and oh, yeah, that, 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 that relationship burnt down. At which point, me and a few of the guys I was working, you know, we were working with, we were all Derby fans. We were like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that doesn't imagine. sound good. You seen Iceberg earlier, then did you? Uh, early enough, early enough that something wasn't quite right. I mean, you know. We, I don't want to go too much into the Lampard season, but I'm not really sure no. how you afford those three <laughs> and, you know, live to tell the tale, as it were. Or four, yeah. including Frank, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you won a lot of money. So, Dan, so, go on. Go on, go on Aggie. No, you're all right, you're all right. I didn't want to interrupt I, I was just going to ask, uh, that we've, we've talked a lot about the past and fan memories. What's your thoughts on this season? Because the, the summer was tough. Obviously, Sam's a big Derby fan. A couple of our pals are as well. And there were a lot of... Uh, Concerning and depressing conversations last season in in the summer with points deductions, relegations looming, and whether or not they were going to be a football club this season. They look on paper, especially over the last sort of fifteen games or so, to have turned it around brilliantly. What do you think the future holds over this sort of the next season or two for Derby? Legitimately, at the start of this season, if we stayed in League One, I saw that as a win. Agreed. Agreed. I would like that was yeah, exactly that was. Hundred percent. I had so many people. You know, we we obviously all know Sheffield Wednesday fans, Jay Young, of course, Liverpool fan, and they're they've all put money on Derby to go straight up. I'm like, yeah. fucking, you might as well just light up that money because it's not happening. Like, if we make... do you still believe that? Do you still believe that? Uh, no. I, I mean, well, yeah, do, 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 I, do I still think? Do I think we're going to go up? Not for the top two, obviously. Mate, I can't see it. I can't see it. I, 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 my mind has completely changed. You know, this last couple of weeks, we've got this run together. I just think. I don't know what's make, what's telling me this, but I'm telling Plymouth are going to drop off at Sam, some point. I'm telling you. Sam, I'm telling I'm, you. 
I, I appreciate the optimism, but we are still Derby. You know that, don't you? I know, uh, I know. And I, know. I, I, you know, it's the hope that kills you, is, and I, I can't do it to myself. No, but the thing unfortunately, is, now Sam's back to you. You're definitely not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what have you done to us? Nailing yeah. coughing that is. No, but to be fair, exactly what you were saying, though. I, I said mid-table. I said, you know, if we can just hover around mid-table this year and just stabilise the club, and then next year push, you know, for a, a, a playoff yeah, spot, I mean, automatic. But it seems to be far better than that. And I'm thinking, you know what, we're here now. We might as well fucking go for it. Well, at the end of the day, I think, obviously, I know Liam left, uh, talking to him like he's my best mate. Rossini left, obviously, like at the start of the season. But <laughs> yeah. all the players he brought in, they're all on two-year oh, deals. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Connor's in on a, uh, Hurahan's in on a two-year deal. They're all in on two-year deals. So that just said to me from the start, I was like, right, okay, you've got a season to figure it out. And then we're going up next year. Um, which is fine. Bless Liam Rosina as well. He brought his talent there. When we signed Conor Horahan, I got a text message off my pal saying, you've just signed Horahan. And I'm like, you are lying. He's a Villa fan as well. (laughs) He's like, we have not, how have we done that? And and straight away, I went straight to, no, we're not doing it again, are we? How much are we paying these people? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the panic panic set in. But I mean, look, Curtis Davies is a Rolls Royce. What can we say? What a guy. Evergreen, bless him. What a, what a human. Best centre-back at Derby's. I'm not going to say that. Eagles team match. I've watched him play. Always. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If we if we go up to the playoffs, I would obviously be elated. Um, I, ca- I can't see us going through the top two just because they're just, they're just playing really well. It's just... Mm. You've got to wait for them to drop some points and I just don't see where any of the three of them do it, to be honest yeah. with you. I think it, I think Ipswich will. I do think Ipswich will. They they are in a bit of a fall a minute, but who knows? Anyway, Aggie, yes. what uh, what we're saying? Are we getting on with locks? Yes, we are. Uh, so Dan, you've got the high score of two to beat. Fifth person to have a go. Are you confident? Um, well, yeah. You know, so many people have done preparation, and, and you know, I'm I'm not. I don't admit to being like the best uh, of football knowledge. Um, so there's loads of people that are far more qualified than me, and. And look how badly they've done. So you're right, you know, mate. I'm only on forty five percent. Exactly. So look, if if I get one or two, I'd be I'd be very happy with that. If I get any score prediction, I I will take that to the bank. Score predictions where it's at, but they yeah. take some doing. They do. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll let you kick yeah. things off then. So uh, your lock team, first of all. So the team you are most confident in winning this weekend, any game between Saturday and Sunday. Manchester oh, United man. to beat Crystal Palace. Ooh, okay. you back-to-back weeks. Chris Murray went them last week uh, against Reading. Interesting that with them drawing 1-1. I know it was a very, very late goal for Palace, but recently they have took a point off them. What's your, what's your thought process there? Uh, Casemiro is back for a start. He's playing, uh, which is obviously a good start for anything. Um, and I'm reasonably sure Juan Bissaka lives in Wilfred Zaha's head. That's, yeah, uh, he, he does well against him. He just, you know, there was that particular interview where I think uh, Zaha said that he sort of turned around, realised that, you know, Aaron was behind him. And Anyone thought, but him. Shit, <laughs> there's the only person on the pitch who can pull off that sort of drag round tackle. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I've looked very briefly, but I just think they're in good form. Rashford's in this sort of freakish Rashford thing that he sort of does every now and again. Ten Hogs get playing a beautiful tune. Of getting into the uh, into the final of the, of the caramel cup, as my wife calls it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm all over it. Nice okay. days. Nice who's uh, who's the wheel? Spat so, up first, Aggie. I have done the wheel, and first up 
is skin. Oh, yes. Every time you say skin, I think Sam. Fuck's sake. Uh, I'm due with that this week. Uh, well, originally, I wanted uh, Blackburn to beat Wigan. Mm. And I will be going with them in it. the last man. That's it, mate. I didn't realise, but I'm going to go with them in the last man standing because the the other team that I'm going to go for has been picked by the by Chris, who's also in there, and that is Middlesbrough at home. Ah, Blackpool. you fucker! Fucker, sorry, fucker, mate. Fucker. Middlesbrough becoming like a second team for you, mate. Michael Carrick's doing bits. I don't. He is. If, he if is. you want to know my thoughts, go to the forum, listen to previous episodes. It's been absolutely phenomenal. Blackpool aren't in great form over the no. and Forest in the Cup. Middlesbrough. And one last ten league game, Blackpool. There, there you go. There's your stats. So Middlesbrough for me this weekend. I've not been able to go for them yet, despite bigger than uh, over the last few one. weeks. So yeah, Middlesbrough. Okay. That's um, one man gone. I'm up next. And um, yeah, of course you I are. know you said Yeah, okay. Uh, I know you said earlier, Skin, you didn't want me to ruin any of uh, the the wildcard aspect. And the funny thing about that was the team that you mentioned that on was Everton and I've gone for Arsenal to beat Everton. As what have lot. we told you about back in away <laughs> games for fucking lot? Look, And then you wonder why we get on it yet. No, I'll do it over and over again because I feel that confident that Arsenal will beat Everton this week. Okay. Yeah, with, with, the, only, uh... with the first game of Sean Dyche? Yeah, yeah. the, the yeah. last time it, Everton beat it. Arsenal at Goodison Park was six years ago. And That's not that long lost ago. Twice. I thought you were going to say like 1978. Or something like that. <laughs> Six years ago. Six years ago. All oh, right. Six okay. years ago. Played, only played until like eight Yeah, times, but, but then you've got to take into account how badly Everton are doing this year, how well Arsenal are doing this year. I, I, I'm giving it Arsenal. Well, there's a very strong whiff of Nottingham Forest about it all this. Reads. Tell you. It fucking no, relax. No, no, it's can, completely can I just different. A... You're not... No. Nottingham it Forest. is different. Listen, it's like fucking flapping that. No, Adam, it is different. I'm I'll tell you why. Sorry, Dan, we're usually time. much more uh, cohesive professional than this. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think we are. Times. I've and listened Sam, every week, mate. You're fucking not. Yeah, it's a full of shit there. Fuck's sake. Sam, you normally back all these in a little acca, right? Not only is he picked an away team again, which we know we don't want, He's picked the fucking early kickoff on a Saturday, which is the ah, biggest no-no of a Saturday. Yeah, the, funny is, the funny I'm thing is, I'm not backing it. I'm not even sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not backing it. Betting shop, Sam, just so you can screw up your bet slip when he ruins it. Yeah, just yeah. take it into his face, just scrunch it in his face. <laughs> yeah. There's too many unknowns. Uh, too many unknowns. Come on, I, the first, first game for Sean Dyche. Like, get yeah, me in, the, get I'm me in that dressing room. It. Fire me up, Sean. Fire me up. As a, as a Chester, as a Chesterfield fan, you don't think he's going to get a turnaround? Should be. Should it's be unbelievable as well because he he's been banging his drum for the like last five weeks. I've got to manage here. Is honest to God, it's been a, it's been horrendous to listen to, and <laughs> I've had to put up with Daishi dick riding, and oh, then you go and do it. this at your first chance, oh, Judas. Quite right. frankly, Look, I'm fine with it. I'm just fine with it. Put yourself out of misery. Mate. Who the fuck's next? Unfortunately, you. Get in. <laughs> right. So I've got a choice of two here because I did pick three because I wasn't sure if I were going to get stolen. So it's either the championship or the league one. And I'm going to lean into. Go on, go Derby. I'm going to. Nah, no, nah, I'm not. I'm never, ever back Derby. Um, I'm going to back Bolton at home against Cheltenham. Uh, Bolton 5th in League 1, Cheltenham 18th. Bolton won 3 out of the last 4. Cheltenham have lost 4 in the last 5. So, yeah, Bolton at home, obviously, competing with Derby. I think they're on the same points. I mean, but Derby got a game in hand. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm backing them to to see out a dub over the weekend. Okay, so like good pick. And it's absolutely delightful that you haven't picked Derby County, Sam, because that's oh, exactly who I'm going to be picking. No. Yeah, Ooh. absolutely. Yeah, Derby County, um, as, as we've discussed, are in oh, fine kettle. 
Fine fettle at the moment. Paul Warner said, I think I said to you, Sam, at the time, it was a good appointment. You did. And it, it has proven to be so. And uh, and I think they'll cruise to three points this weekend. So Derby County are my pick. I like it. As much as I, I love it, I, will say, I, I hovered around them for a second and I just looked at Morecambe's form, you know. They've won four out of the last five. Morecambe. They have, but they're fucking shocking away. Levels, mate. Levels Let me. Game. All I'll say is this, Sam. Change Derby for, say, Plymouth. No, uh, no chance. No, because I go on, I, I purely back mine on recent form. And Morecambe, for me, would have been a prime wildcard pick because I look at that recent form. I always go straight to our bottom half at table, see who's been putting a few wins together. I would not have touched that game. You've also got to say, though, Sam, you've got to look at it from the other side of the coin. Apart from the West Ham game, which was obviously in the Corp, Derby's last home game was against Bolton, they won. Barnsley yeah. before that. They're flying. They, they are flying. Accrington at home, they won. Cambridge, they won. Forest Green, they won. So, again, Morecambe have got fantastic, are in good form, but Derby's home form is, is outstanding and Morecambe's away form, like Dawson said, is pretty pitiful. So, I'm going to back the Rams for the yeah. weekend. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so, Dan, your scorer for this week? Um, I hope he's playing. Uh, but if there's one person to uh, certainly put a bet on, then it's going to be Ivan Tony. To Ooh, uh, yes. score at South against Southampton, yeah, uh, I nearly went Brentford as my lock actually, um, but yeah, Ivan Tony, uh, yeah, love love betting on Ivan Tony, and so do all of his friends. Allegedly, sorry, don't want a lawsuit. Allegedly, legal reasons. Uh, so, Kemp, your scorer for this week? Yes, scorer is one that I struggled with ever so slightly. Um, I don't know. Haaland is usually my <laughs> sort of safe option, but Spurs away, Conte against the big sides, he's, he's always a bit a bit tricky. No, Conte is it? It's badly. Yeah. Oh no, I forgot about that. Well, get well soon, Conte. But yeah, it's still a <laughs> still a difficult game. To be fair, away at Spurs, you never know what what you might get. So, I am going to go, and it's a tricky one. But I'm going to go with Marcus Rashford to score against Crystal Palace. Getting back to a lot lately. Yes, and, and it's it's not hardly surprising as to why. You know, as Dan said, he's, he's going through a ridiculous purple patch at the moment. And Palace in recent times haven't, they've not looked ridiculously secure at the back. Um, and, and, and Rashford, I, I think, will punish them, especially at Old Trafford. So Marcus Rashford is my pick for scorer of the week. Okay. Strike while the iron is hot. That's it. Mm. So is it me next? Yep, it is, mate. Well, I am going to go for my boy, who I seem to back every single yeah, week. Haaland. And if he's there, I will take him every single week. I'm boring. It's Erling Haaland, and it's the only time <laughs> I ever get a take. I'm backing him. You yesterday, skin. I, had, I, had, I had two lined up at scoring a backup, just in case it went. I can't believe Haaland's still there after the first pick. And my, my backup, I've not even needed him. So, yeah, I'm going Erling Haaland to score at the Spurs. Okay. Um, I'm going to go, and I know I've, I've just slated you for being a bit boring by going for the same guy for consecutive weeks. I'm going to go with Charlie Four consecutive Austin. weeks, is that right? Um, oh, you, oh, I don't oh, know how right. many. For, I, meant I, four, yeah. I thought you were literally saying four consecutive weeks. Weeks. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It, me neither. I'm, I'm going to go with Charlie Austin for Swindon against <laughs> Newcastle. <Newport. laughs> that is even worse than that. Why is that Erling Haaland is understandable. <laughs> exactly. no, At least see, he's been fucking bagging. What? Charlie Austin scored three in his last two. In the, bear in mind, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, considering he's only played two games since returning to Swindon. Is against 19th in the league, Newport. Newport. Yeah. Who yeah, I mean, he's he's in the last three? 
How many, how many did you score when you backed <laughs> it? The game got postponed, okay? <laughs> no, not then. No, because the game didn't play. <laughs> you can't count that if you didn't play, can you? You think you're special. <laughs> I'm going with Charlie Austin. There you go, skin. Aggie, okay, you used to be so professional when we started. Did, didn't oh, we've didn't really bought it out of him. You, you've broken me. Yeah, Good. Absolutely. Um, so I am going to go with a player playing for Sam's Lock in Bolton. He is my first choice this week, so I'm glad he's gone. I actually had three prepped and none of them have gone. Nice. But I'll go with my gut feeling, and that is Dion Charles for Bolton. Mm, solid. In, yeah, fine form at the moment. He scored three in his last four. The only game from that four that he didn't score was that away loss at Derby. Um, so, yeah, again, strike while the iron's hot. Bolton are in great form. I did consider them for my lock. But, uh, yeah, I'll go with Dion Charles for my Ray score. Charles' brother. That's the one. Nice. So, Dan, on to the wild card. Uh, yeah, my... Uh... My wild card is going very much against the grain. It's I'm firing from the hip here, guys. So I'll pull the wild card, I'm, mate. I'm looking at West Ham to beat Newcastle away. Ooh, they that are. It's a, a wild card. That they went to the semi-final. They won comfortably. They went out. They got drunk. Of course, they did. Their Geordies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're calling it, yeah. Right. Bruno is, you know, not going to be around. It's all very tenuous. And <laughs> David Moyes does these things sometimes. And West Ham are just that team. Jared Bowen just slipping into a little bit of form. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, firing for the hip. Could be egg on my face uh, this time next week. But the bold yeah, one, that. West, West Ham at Newcastle. It's made me believe based on that. West I'm Ham in, it I'm is. In. I'm all in. Okay. Uh, Skin, you for your wild card. Yes, mate. Uh, I had two preps, but naturally I'm going to take my first one and I am going to guess I'm taking off someone, I think. But got to be, and it's coming, it's coming. Burnley away at yep. Norwich. I'm good. No, sure odds. Good. And I, I I, questioned whether that's wild card. I questioned yeah. that. I, I saw the odds and I nearly had it for the exact same reason that yeah, they yeah. are. Always disgustingly the out. But yeah, fair. It, it is very close, but we define the wild card as the team that is not the bookies' favourite, and Norwich are ever so slightly the bookies' favourite. So, uh, yeah, I thought so, but I'm going to take advantage of that. Burnley won the last five games, uh, scoring nine, conceding two, top of the championship. We've said enough good things about them. Norwich, just outside the playoffs, they're not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, but their home form isn't anywhere near what it has been in recent seasons. They've not won in eight home games. They've only won one in the last 11 home games, actually. So uh, I fancy Burnley this weekend to carry on their fine form. OK, I think mine might just need double checking that it is still a wild card. At the time of me checking, it was a wild card. And mine is Sheffield Wednesday to beat Plymouth. Give me 30 seconds one. tell us your reasons um, and then I'll tell you to change it. Uh, the Owls were unbeaten in the league in 18. Uh, the last Wait, loss, what did you just say? Sheffield did Wednesday. Did say Sheffield Wednesday to beat Plymouth? Yes. Mate, Sheffield Wednesday. Nowhere near on 4-1. At the time of your fucking backing. Yeah, it's not changed that much, pal. They, they, were, they weren't favourites. You put a fiver on Wednesday, you get eight quid back. You put a fiver on Plymouth, you get 23 quid back. <laughs> well, silly that's bastard. changed ridiculously. Are you living in the time? No, mate, I, I checked. I 100% checked. Just yeah. Yeah. Every, sure you you give me grief Plymouth. over every fucking pick I select. Right, I'm going for my backup then, and that's Southampton to beat Brentford. Guess what, mate? Play the game properly, you won't get on your back. I do play the game properly. Stop giving me grief for nothing. Right, Southampton to beat Brentford then is what I'm going for away from home. Um, 
I just think Southampton, with their slight turn of form <laughs> and confidence, I think they've got a little bit about them. And against Brentford, it just seems like one of them games that's uh, set for an upset. So I'm going to Speaking of upsets, are you okay? Does that one count? <laughs> Am I allowed that one? <laughs> I can start fucking crying then. Uh, right, is that me next? Yeah, right, I am going to go for Wolves want. to beat Liverpool. Oh, that's um, a lovely one. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bread and butter pick, isn't it? It's just the popular wild card to go against Liverpool this year. So, Wolves to beat Liverpool. It's 17th versus 9th. Liverpool have won it last three Prem games. So, I'm going to go for Wolves to compound that misery for them. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so, Kemp. Yes. Hello. I am going to back Leeds United away at Nottingham Forest. Um, Forest have, have just played a, a second leg in the in the League Cup and unfortunately been dumped out. I think the heads will be a little bit dropped after after the the, the result over two legs. Um, you know, I think the the owner of, of Nottingham Forest made a very clear point when they got promoted to say we don't just want to stay up, we want to be winning trophies, rah rah rah, um, and to be and to be proven how far away they are from that type of thing. That I think heads may have dropped in the camp. Um, Leeds are a bit of a funny one. <laughs> they're a bit of a strange side, and I actually do think they're very capable of producing a wild card here and there. Um, and I think due to the levels of fitness in the in the Leeds camp, as opposed to maybe the Forest camp, who might have tired legs, um, I'm going to go with Leeds United to cause a bit of an upset away at Nottingham Forest. OK, wow. so that's the uh, locks, the scorers and the wild card. So, Skin, over to part two of the listener lock-in. Yes, Moy, as you know, there is a possible six points up for, for grabs three of those from the usual lock scorers and wild cards, and the other three from the score predictions that we mentioned earlier. As always, your first one is for the game in which the team you support is playing. So please give me your score prediction for Derby versus Morecambe this weekend. Uh, that will be Derby County 2, Morecambe 0. Uh, Morecambe, Morecambe cannot travel away. Uh, they lost, I think, 1-0 to Port Vale away. I mean, they seem to either batter people at home or get to Ipswich a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it's going to be reasonably comfortable. Not sure if McGoldrick's back from injury, so it could be a, a dodgy one with James Collins up top. Uh, I fancy Tom Barkhausen to bag and uh, we'll look. To, and I'm, I'm quite confident in seeing uh, Connor get up there and do something. Interesting. Second game is the game that we've mentioned already. It is the return to the Premier League of Sean Dyche as Everton face Arsenal. Uh, that would be Everton 1, Arsenal 1. Oh! Ooh, there we go. Sean Dyche, have them organised. He's had a lot of stick from some Everton fans that don't want to see him there. Um, I I do think the guy's class. Uh, I've been lucky enough to meet him on a few occasions. And yeah, he's uh, I, I've got that's got one all written all over it for me. Nice. He's he's in that category with your Ian Holloway's and Neil Warnock's and Sam Allardyce's of characters of the game that could sit and talk to all night, isn't he? But uh, he, he kept Burnley up for how yeah. many seasons? I mean, that that was his entire job with no money, and he kept Burnley up. I I, I just think that's a really good appointment from Everton. Really I good. Agree. Um, I and agree. I think as well with a little bit of extra cash, we might actually be able to see. I I know he has a very organised style, but I, I think you know he can play. He can have people that play football. I think he's just got his hands tied at Burnley. So hopefully keep them up this season and potentially see a, a more organised and hopefully a more fluid Everton team next year. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I've always thought that he could do well with a, a bit of a higher calibre of play and a bit of money to spend. So completely agree with that. Um, and the third and final score prediction to complete your score of, well, a possible score of six is the primetime game of the weekend, Tottenham versus Manchester City. Um, I've got that as 3-0 to Man City. 3-0? Yeah, I think Conte, I think Conte's not on the sideline. I think there's a that's a huge... Huge loss for Tottenham. Um, the man is a maverick, and I, he runs that team from the sideline. I think without him, they're going to look lost. Um, yeah, I, I just can't. I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong because I actually really like Tottenham. Uh, they're kind of like my little soft spot team in the Prem sometimes. But uh, yeah, I just think I think Man City now realise that the, they need to go out and win every single game to go and do this. And Erling Haaland is a freak. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, just to confirm your picks, your lock, Manchester United, your scorer, Ivan Tony, your wildcard, West Ham, you've got Derby to beat Morecambe 2-0, Everton and Arsenal to fight out with a 1-1 draw, and Man City to go to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and get a convincing 3-0 win. So, we will, as always, review them next week. We'll keep uh, we'll keep the uh, updates coming for the leaderboard, and hopefully you'll... Uh, He'll be the new leader come early next week, but it's it's not gone great so far. We'll see. Happy to get one uh, if if that's all it is. I'll take I'll take one at this stage. Two would be lovely. Uh, yeah, I... three or more will be. Gen- generally, thought you, your man from Glasgow last week when he he called out exactly the type of match that the Arsenal Man City was going to be, the scoreline and everything. I just sort of sat there and went, okay, he's he's more qualified than me, so. <laughs> You know, if I can get on par with that, I'd be quite quite confident, quite comfortable with that. More than happy with that. Now, just two questions before we go. The first one is golf-related. I know you're a massive golf fan. Um, do you want to tell Kemp how uh, how your game's going and he can uh, he can reply uh, reply accordingly with how his game is going? Uh, t- trending in the right way, Dawson. Trending in the right way. Uh, we're sat at, we, we came down handicap-wise last year to a, a solid 12.3. Uh, we are looking to get into single figures by the end of this season um, and hopefully be scratched before I turn 35. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, new new drivers are out, so uh, I, I can already hear my uh, my credit card just shouting at me, saying... Weeping in the shower in the field. Yeah, position. Ex- exactly. Just saying, look, it's, this could be this could be an expensive few months, but we'll, we'll see what obviously happens from there. Yeah, how's, how, how's your, your golfing life going, Mr. Kemp? It's, it's, it's in its infancy compared to yourself, playing off, uh, playing off 12. Um, I've been, I've been playing... Scratch fairly soon. I've been playing four years now. Yeah, well, I, I think well, this is going to be my third year, so I'd say I've been playing consistently for about a year and a half. Um, it's it's going pretty well towards the back end of the summer last season. I, I started struggling a little bit and I think I'd, I sort of overdid myself and I don't know, I was getting into bad habits and struggling a little bit. So I've been having some golf lessons in the last few weeks. They're going really well. Uh, the, the guy down at my local club, South Chesterfield. So that's going extremely well at the moment. Um, upward trajectory as is yours so that's good news and we have got a golfing holiday lined up for the summer me and a few other boys and we're going to going to Spain so getting the getting the game where it needs to be to uh, to get out there and play some decent golf but yeah just getting that consistency down is the big thing for me now getting that pre-shot routine ready to go and 
and getting some consistent distances with my uh, with my clubs and uh, ready to hit the course this season properly and see where we go from there. Not about your hits, mate. It's about your misses. Just remember there that. You there you go. Getting uh, that consistency and getting their misses down to a, a very, very bare minimum. Hit me up. I'll take you around, Walton. There you go. I don't think I'll... Is it a tough course, Walton? Uh, the 8th is really fun. <laughs> right, OK. The eight, That's the eighth tragic, then. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it's like a 160-yard par 3. Um, but, okay. the, but the green is about half of Everest below you. So you oh, just sort Jesus. of stood up there at the top of this like hill looking down going, nice. I don't know what to hit. So Yeah. But I bet when it, it I bet, but but I bet when it's good, it's really good on that hole. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't know. Yeah. That's the truth. I wouldn't <laughs> uh, yeah, like yeah, 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 like yeah, to, yeah to find what I need to do there. Yeah to find that. Yeah. It's a ever evolving game. But you know, glad to hear it mate and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the course one day hopefully. Um, Sam mentioned the word bold there and, and he's right Kent probably wear a hat to Spain otherwise it might be a, a few days of sunstroke actually going to be wearing you know. three and factor 100 <laughs> I think he meant bold as in like a bold prediction but I, I'm, I'm just in right. case you didn't hear the, the sound advice but anyway Malloy it's been a pleasure having you mate I'm looking forward to see how successful or otherwise you are this weekend we're going to close off with the same question that we have asked and will ask every single guest that joins us throughout the rest of this season and that is who is your sporting hero and why? Uh, Tiger Woods. Just for, I mean, it's between him and Alyosha Rosanovic, quite frankly. Um, but Tiger Woods in the year 2000 did things in professional golf that will never be achieved again by anybody of any sort. He's just, he's, he's just the, the pinnacle. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's above everyone. He's above everyone. You look at his stats, it's it's freakish. I mean, Big advocate for adultery, are you? Uh, look, I get it. I get it. I uh, yeah, from a personal aspect, probably probably not someone to uh, sort of put from a sporting aspect. What that man can't do with a golf club, unless he's obviously wrapping it around his missus's head. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, um, allegedly. Or wrapping um, his car around the Yeah, wrapping his. Yeah, less allegedly on that one. But <laughs> I mean, you know, to come back from what he even did the first time round, and then go and win the Masters in 2019. Um, the guy's just built a bit different. There's something not quite right. On the back of that then, Dan, on the back of that, you mentioned uh, coming back from what he went through and and winning the Masters. Uh, Do you ever think he wins a major golf tournament again? If he can walk around it, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They get at this point. Yeah, look, you know, if you put him onto a, if he could ride around in a cart and that was okay in professional golf, then... He's just got a long way to go. I mean, you still look at his swing and he's making changes to it and he still looks butter. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, he just, he just can't walk. He can't walk the course. If he, I mean, I'm not, you can't say no, cause it's tiger. You know, mm-hmm. no one saw it happening in 2019 after the injury he took then. Um, he, he has this insane way of surprising you, but I, if you put a gun to my head and ask me to bet my mortgage on it, then I would, I would say no. Based on that. Uh, Tiger Woods is a new one but you can't argue it again Malloy pleasure having you mate good luck this weekend and we will be back shortly to preview the upcoming Six Nations tournament cheers go Titans
Welcome back to episode 27 of Loaded Sport. Now, this weekend, the Six Nations gets underway ahead of the World Cup taking place in France later on this year in September. We're now going to start looking towards the Six Nations. The holders, France, prepare to get things underway in their opening game against Ireland. Skin, what are your thoughts? I'm going to be open and honest because as much as I like to think I've got a a good knowledge of a lot of sports that will uh, help me do well in our adventure on this podcast, rugby is not one of those sports. So I've uh, I've gone and been a bit of a bit of a journalist, Adam, today, like uh, like yourself, your bread and butter. Probably better than me, uh, to be fair. Yeah, I've I've gone out and done some questioning, gained some knowledge. And what do you mean it's important. not hard? <laughs> you got a piece of paper, mate, and a lot of time of your life that should say otherwise. But anyway, but yeah, I've, I've reached out to a few people and, uh, like I said, gained some opinions and some knowledge that are, are vastly better and uh, probably more accurate than anything I can say because the only Definitely. sort of the the only uh, memories or knowledge of rugby I've got is Johnny Wilkinson's uh, <laughs> yeah. winning field goal against Australia in what two thousand and three, and then yeah. <laughs> So twenty years ago this year, wow, depressing. So, yeah, so that's everything. So I'll uh, I'll just chuck some comments out there, and and then we'll go from there. But uh, Mudge, uh, who's sadly not with us this evening, but he's he's kept it nice and to the point. He said France will win it, and Ireland will make it difficult. England are cheeks, so uh, England not in the best position. Sam, I know you um you were going to mention the fact that they've changed coaches recently. What kind of impact do you think that'll have? I think it can only help. I think um, under Eddie Jones, they were really struggling. They were a big outcry for him, for him uh, to you know get sacked, and eventually did in December. I think they lost something like twenty-seven, thirteen to South Africa. Steve Borthwick's obviously taken over as head coach, and uh, yeah, you've, you've, it's a completely new staff. So we'll we'll see. But I think it's quite a low bar for England coming into this. So you never know. I mean, you, you mirror it to the football when we've in previous part, you know, gone into a tournament with a low bar, and it's always been an, a, a pleasant surprise when we've done things like that. So, just going on purely a football experience, because I'm the same as you, very little rugby knowledge, but yeah, a low bar. It's they're completely starting again, and you know, they're definitely not tipped to be anywhere near winning it. Definitely no no grand slams, but yeah, let's yeah. Uh, let, let's see what how they do. Yeah, I think England are four to one currently um, wow. with the bookies, but uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. World Cup later this year, as as Adam said, they they the uh, they were the runners up in 2019. So it, this hopefully a bit of prep and a bit of time for the coaching staff to really figure out uh, what's going to work for them come September in France. But one of those things that uh, that could work is the introduction of Ollie Hassel Collins into the uh, England men's rugby team. Liam mentioned it in the uh, in the forum earlier, saying that he's a sevens player. Saw an article on him. He's seen a few bits of him. And he looks really, really good. And with a couple of people that would normally play in his position being left out, they're going to need that help. And it has been announced today that he will be starting against Scotland. So oh, nice. it's a great shout from from Liam and Liam Prime Scout there, isn't he? Bless yeah, him. Pr- Prime Scout on the incoming rugby talent. So. I'm sure a lot of people, including the coaching staff, will have their eyes on him and, and what he can do for that team, not just in the Six Nations, but certainly uh, in future tournaments. Um, Liam does say, though, a lot of people have gone France, and we'll get into that, but Liam has said that he's got Ireland winning it. They've recently gone to New Zealand, who, as we know, are the dominant country in, in rugby union, and they won a test series there. So Liam Difficult. said that if... Yeah, absolutely. And he said, if you can win a test series in New Zealand, you can win any competition anywhere. So 
it's a great setup for for them now. Uh, I did reach out to my uh, my rugby correspondent, my, my rugby connoisseur, who I spoke to earlier today. Her name's Abby. Uh, I work with her, and uh, she's a big rugby fan. And she'd asked if we were going to be talking about it, and that's one of the reasons we've ended up uh, sort of discussing the upcoming Six Nations. But she also goes France for the win in the Six Nations, and again calls it being close with Ireland. So that seems to be the common theme is that... Liam, lone wolf in it, is he? With Ireland. He is, yeah, he's lone wolf in it with with Ireland. But yeah, uh, players to watch. Again, a lot of people saying the same sort of names, really. Uh, Dupont and Aldry for France leading the way. They seem to be getting a lot of mentions. I don't know if Six Nations has cut sort of a player of the tournament style uh, trophy at the end, but that could be something to look out does. for with, with them. But yeah, majority of people... It, it seems to be France, and then yeah, like I said, with with Liam, it's Italy. Uh, Smithy as well. He said France should win comfortably, so he's even more comfortable with the potential of what France can do. Um, and he said similar to what you said there, Sam, actually about the changing co- coaching. He, he's quite interested and intrigued to see what England can do in this tournament. Uh, Wales and Italy, which I think, just sort of my my slight knowledge, will be fighting for the wooden spoon, and and that seems to be common. But and then he's, I don't think he sort of really knows what can happen with Scotland. They could be pushing for that top three, or they could be struggling to uh, get away from that wooden spoon. But yeah, he's very much like we've said already. He said it should be a good tournament, uh, and it should give people a, a good idea of where teams leading, where teams are. Sorry, leading up to the World Cup. But yeah, starts this weekend, as you said, Aggie. France seem to be the the overwhelming favourites. They are the slight favourites with the bookies. But yeah, be uh, be interesting to see. Um, just uh, just on that topic, obviously, while you, while you mentioned Wales there, yeah, uh, I'm going to bring up a bit of a sensitive uh, issue here. But what okay. is what what's you boys' thoughts of um, the Wales in ground in in ground playlist removing uh, Delilah due to domestic abuse connotations? What, what, I'm going to be completely honest. I think it's bollocks. I think it's but obviously no one's going to sit here and condone domestic uh, violence. That's not what yeah. I'm saying at all. But I think a song that's referencing something from years gone by that's become part of their part of their furniture in Wales. It's their na- one of their like national anthems as such. I yeah. think for me, I, I personally think it's bollocks that it's been removed from the stadium. Just, I'd be interested to hear what you boys think of that. It's Adam, like, if you got that, you're a big Tom Jones fan, so you're probably am, better yeah. to so speak about that than I I think going to be a bit biased. I'm, I'm going to stand by like what you said, Sam, and say that it is absolute bollocks. It's effectively their equivalent of Swing Low Sweet Chariot, isn't it? Yeah, and by the way, that's a slave song. That That's going, that song is years gone by. That was originally a slave song. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're not old, airing out of dirty laundry and being all whiter than white. It's, uh, yeah, that's a slave song, Sweet Chariot. But, but yeah, I suppose the, the message there is that let's be consistent. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's something that like has become synonymous with Welsh rugby, hasn't it? Like you say, they sing it across um, all sort of fixtures. And mm. I think in a similar sort of fashion, it's like what we did at the World Cup. I know I'm going to relate it to football. but no, it's, Stoke it's City where my as well, sing it. Uh, potentially. But it, it's so. where my knowledge really is. Of course, at the World Cup, at the Euros, Sweet Caroline became a like an anthem, didn't it, really? So I think it's something similar and... I think it might put them off at this slightly not having that sort of background support that they're familiar with. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine telling a stadium full of barely Welsh tanked up rugby men that they can't sing a particular song? I just think it's honestly, I don't think it's, it's going to happen. I think they're going to sing it anyway. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm saying, hundred percent. And I and I hope they do, to be honest. I hope because they've removed it from the stadium, so they're not going to play in it in stadium. But I don't think they're going to stop them fans singing it should they should they actually want to. 
Nope. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's not the first time that we've seen something like that, but I think it's a fair point there, Sam, with with what you mentioned about um, the the England song. Like, if we are at a stage where we're gonna, obviously, times are different at different times, and things have different meanings in different times. But if we're saying now that looks like on paper it is potentially, you know, making not making domestic abuse look like a good thing, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like we need to be consistent across the board with that. And yes, we, some people won't want certain songs removing and England won't want um, Sweet Chariot removing. But like if they're doing it for that reason, like you can't really do it for one reason and not another. That That's what I think anyway, but it, it just it is what that. it is. For Consistency is key. Absolutely. Right. So who's your predictions then, lads? If you if you had to put your... We've done it before for yeah. everything. Put your, put your name to a team. I put my name to Tiago first. Then I, I can't not go by what the boys have all said in the in the forum. As you say, I, I'll back their knowledge over mine on this any day. So I'm happy to go go France, defending champions. Uh, there's a World Cup coming up, obviously in September as well. That's in France. I just think this whole there's a bit of a France buzz going around at the minute, and I think they're going to go back to back on that. Fair enough, go on, Aggie. Um, I didn't realise um that Liam was such a big rugby fan. I know it's going to sound bad, um, but knowing Liam and Ace now Liam. knowing his uh, knowledge. Don't hate him at all, and knowing his uh, his knowledge. But he was slagging now. off at football yesterday. Hey. Um, right now, knowing his knowledge now, I'm gonna agree with him and say uh, say Ireland on his advice. You're, going, you're backing him, are you, at Lone Wolf? Yeah. Um, well, I, I was Johnny Sexton say, Prime, <laughs> and I'll stick with saying that, um, Liam's point there about Ireland recently winning a Test series in New Zealand. Uh, we all know Jonah Lomu, what a, an absolute beast of an athlete. Uh, mm. Back in the day for New Zealand, and and it's always you know you don't have to have a great knowledge of sport to know that New Zealand rugby union team are one of the most dominant teams across all of sports. So I'll um, I'll take that little bit of knowledge, that little stat, and, and I'll back Ireland also um, for for winning the six. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Surprised yeah. me that one. Like it. Okay, uh, lads. Thanks very much for the insight into the Six Nations. In just a always. few moments' time, we'll be back to discuss the starting of the Premier League of Darts. Welcome back to episode 27 of London Sport. We're now going to move on to talking about the start of the Premier League of Darts. And uh, just before we do start talking about the eight players that have made it into the competition. (laughs) You sounded more like Alan Partridge and Ross Bray then. (laughs) Sounded more like Ali McCoyce than Kemp did last week. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We've started. He's not listening. It's all good. Right. um, Skin, I'm going to start by asking you your thoughts on a couple of players that have uh, missed out on being named in the Premier League. As we know, only eight players are named. In fact, before I start asking you about those players, for those that aren't aware, because it's following a new concept, isn't it, at the moment, the uh, the Darts Premier League. So I'll let you well, just explain it, that and not, the changes. Talk us through it. Uh, it's not it's not new anymore because it came in last year. But yeah, before right. it was a, a tournament over multiple weeks um, that was basically a league format between the eight players you'd get to finals night, which was the final week. It's played every Thursday evening. The top four were playing the semi-finals in the final. And then obviously the person that won the final would be the Premier League Darts champion. Now they did mix it up a little bit last year and me and Kemp have discussed this in the past and we discussed it last year. We went to Sheffield to watch it last year and the format is so much better. 
with it being a league format in the past and spread out over multiple weeks, naturally, like any league system, you're going to get so far down the line where one, two, maybe even three players have got nothing to play for. So it did kind of kill the vibe a little bit, sort of the second half of the season once you were having matchups where players didn't have anything to play for. So now it's still the same league format. It's still played weekly, but each night is its own tournament. So there's an opportunity now, instead of just getting two points for a win on your night, if you win that evening, so there's eight players, you've got your quarterfinals, your semifinals and your final, you get extra points if you win the tournament and also £10,000. So even if in the second half of the season, you know, you've had a shocker and you can't qualify for the actual Premier League finals um, in the final week, you're still playing on that evening for £10,000, which is, well, you know, who wouldn't play for £10,000 for three short games of darts, you know, across a few hours. So, yeah, it, it mixed it up, made it so much better last year. It's um, and, and they've continued it into this year because it was such a success. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great decision that they made to uh, make that change. And I can speak to that as well because I attended the Premier League of Darts when it was its old format twice and then obviously attended the, the Premier League of Darts in the new format. And it's so much more exciting on the night when you know you've got every single game means something. So, when you went on the first game, did you yeah. go to one of them dead rubbers, what Dawson just mentioned? Oh, I, the, the, there was one on every single show. Oh, right. On, okay. on both the shows that I went to it anyway, because obviously at the start of the season, you know, there isn't that. But, yeah. you know, both the shows that I went to, they both had a couple of dead games on them. Even mm. games where, you know, you've got two players, you know, playing for nothing against each other. Everyone treats it as toilet it break. More like a... Well, it, well yeah, it was, it was a piss break spot. But at the same time, it was, you know, that the two lads were just having a bit of balance, throwing some darts and, you know, the atmosphere. You can tell... They were when, playing because they had to be there, but they're yeah, hardly in it. Exactly. Yeah. And you can tell when they're on it and when they're not. Um, but, but yeah, as Dawson mentioned, you know, we went last year and, and to the new format and um, it's it's so much more exciting. It's so much better. And like I say, every game means something. So a fantastic change they've made. And I think it um, improves the format no end. We're fancying it this year, boys. Darts? Yes, I mate. I fancy it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll speak to you later because I've had a conversation about it, but obviously it's not really great content to talk about it now. <laughs> um, but well, you mentioned there, Aggie, about the, the players that have been selected this year and there has been a bit of controversy. Sam, you mentioned it after you saw the announcement and dropped it in the chat, but the eight players that we've got are Dimitri van der Beer, uh, Johnny Clayton, Michael Smith, Michael van Gerwen, um, Peter Wright, Chris Doby, and Nathan Aspinall and Gerwin Price. So the the controversy there uh, around certain players missing out. So your Joe Cullens, who was runner-up last year, your uh, Luke Humphreys, who won the most tour championships last year, current world number five, absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, and a couple of other players in there as well. Oh, like whoa, 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 how dare you not mention I know, Stephen? I know what's coming. I know what's coming. I know what's coming. How dare you? Don't you dare miss my boy out on that one. Never. Sorry, Steve, Stephen Bunting as well. Uh, as when I went towards the Premier League, when I went towards the Premier League, and Stephen Bunting was playing, I think it was the second time that I went. Bunting's music came on, and I absolutely popped massive, <laughs> and nobody else <laughs> in the <laughs> arena gave an entire shit, and I was I going that. absolutely ballistic for him, massive. And he, I and he I fucking believe, loved you. And I believe he did come out to bird is the word as well. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. does. That's, yeah, that is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's his, that's his entrance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for fuck's sake. What is he doing? He's my boy. Peter Griffin, isn't he? But it's yeah, Peter the, Griffin. <laughs> a lot of people moaning about the ability of some of the players that have missed out. I mean, me personally, I can't be arsed with Van der Beer. 
yes, he's done all right in tournaments. Yes, he got to the semi-finals of the Worlds, but he just he's never entertaining me. His dancing annoys me. Just just he's just got that like I just I just don't want to see him. I'm never invested when he's playing. So from that perspective, there's definitely other players I would have rather seen. But in the days since the announcement, you know, a lot of people have, have talked about it and sort of put realistic and reasonable explanations, and they do go across Europe. It isn't just played across England, so it is trying to cater to sort of all the different fans across Holland and Germany and everywhere else that are going to be playing over the next couple of months. So I do understand that it's just an eight-player tournament over a number of weeks in different venues. You want the best of the best of the absolute best, don't you? So I suppose from that perspective, it is uh, it is disappointing to see. But no, look, it, it's a great tournament. It, it's something that was brought in. By um, by Hearn about you know alongside snooker alongside the work he was doing in boxing with his son Eddie about rejuvenating and really sort of bringing these sports into the modern game and and it's paid off massively. It's now seen as one of probably a top three most prestigious tournament in the sport. So that tells you everything that you need to know and it packs out arenas across the UK and Europe on a Thursday night. So it's mm. not very often something would do that, is it? No, absolutely not. When I was younger, someone used to say, I used to look like Adrian Lewis. Absolutely fuming. Oh, mate, I, that used to be my fucking favourite for a while well, back in Did the day. Yeah, I loved him. Big fan. Yeah. I, I didn't, didn't have him to do it all, so I like, searched him all like, he fucking taking piss. A little uh, interesting fact for you is uh, his nickname is Adrian Jackpot Lewis. And the, the origin of that Jackpot nickname is because he went to Vegas when he was 19 or 20 and he dropped some money in a slot machine and won Jackpot. But couldn't Did he? Big, yeah, couldn't cash it in because he went 21. Oh, so no. uh, that's where someone else did it for him. Or... I don't know, just he couldn't have it. So yeah, that was uh, that's the origin of his jackpot nickname. I just thought I'd get that in there with you, with you mentioning. But anyway, eight players, plenty <laughs> of weeks, plenty of points, plenty of money in that big Premier League trophy at the end is is the one to lift. It is starting Thursday night, so uh, we're at night one now, lads. Who, if we go around the room, is your prediction to uh, lift the Premier League trophy later in the year? Sam, I'll start with you. <sighs> I'm going to go for, you know what, I'm a bit outside the box here, and I am going to go for Dobie. Okay. I think he's um, oh, been playing really well of late, obviously, he won, he won the Masters, is that right? Yes, he did, yeah. Bit, yeah. Just this last week, yeah. Still a bit of a noob at this. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been in some fine form, and I think going a bit outside the box rather than going for the the, the conventional four favourites. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I'm going to back him as an outside. Tell you what, if you are backing him, mate, back him because yeah? he's 25 to 1 currently to win oh, the Premier League. So get him backed, mate. Absolutely. Wow. Newbies have won recently in the last three years. Glenn Durant and Johnny Clayton have both won on the. Oh, I'm, I'm not saying he's, well, he's not my so pick. I'm not saying I'm not saying you know Sam is wrong. No, I'm just saying like I'm, 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 I know. No, yeah. not, I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying to Sam like it's not the worst pick in the world because newbies no, have won the all. tournament in the past. Okay. Um, while, yeah. while you're there, mate, who's who are you yeah. picking? Who are you backing? I'm going to go with the ultimate heel of of darts, uh, and that's uh, Gerwin Price. I'm going to back okay. him to, oh. uh, to win the Premier nice League. Man. I, be- I believe he won the the, the Premier League um, night that we went to watch the the, the, the show. Sheffield, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Van Gerwen's been a little bit shaky at times, and 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 it wasn't more evident than than in the World Championship final. Um, he, he struggled on, and he struggled under the bright lights which he hasn't tended to do in the past and to be quite honest I think Michael Smith is going to have a little bit of a hangover from the uh, from the World Darts Championships well I watched um, him I, I watched him in, in a bit of the Masters I, I was saying to Dawson mm. earlier 
Um, obviously, Dobie beat him in, I think, yeah. it was the semi-final. Um, mm. And it, it, it were all over the place. Struck him 40s yeah. left, right and centre, who didn't look good. And, and I hope it's not a case of Michael Smith's, you know, his, his entire goal for his darts career was to win the World Championship. Yeah, sad, so now he's won the World Darts Championship. He's not maybe putting in the same effort. I don't want to speculate and I don't want to I don't say think that so. He went straight to Bahrain and I was saying to Sam, he went straight <laughs> to Bahrain and won. I think he's just uh, ready for a bit of a rest. He did tweet recently yeah. that he had just been... Obviously, he puts so much. It's not, it's not the most physical of sports, isn't it? But it can be mentally draining, especially position. Oh, but when he was you're in spending where, six, seven hours a day on the dartboard, yeah. it's mentally draining as well as physical. Yeah, and Definitely. and it, it was his tenth major tournament final, and he finally got it. That would have had such a massive sort of emotional drain on him. So he did say that he was ready for a break. So that's probably uh, probably why. Yeah. And, and and again, going back to Gerwin Price, I think that I think this format suits him. Because Gerwin Price really, you know, I know it's, it might sound stupid because he came out with with the with the headphones on his ears. Um, <laughs> I think he was in the World Championships when he did that yeah, to drown was, out yeah. the noise. But, you know, he really gets into the spirit of it. And, you know, a lot of the time he's in a, um, enemy, territory, enemy territory. Um, yeah. But he, he gets into the spirit of it. And once he wins a game, he's, he's a real momentum player for me, Gerwin Price. So um, the, the new format does suit that. So, uh, yeah, Gerwin Price is going to be my pick. Aggie, what about you? I've decided to go with uh, Peter Wright. Eventually, I was oh, looking over a couple, but I'm going to go with uh, Peter Wright. It's uh, he's always seems to be there or thereabouts when you're talking about um, world champions, don't you? In different darting competitions, he finished runner-up six years ago. I know it's, it's kind of looking back quite quite far now, but this is his tenth consecutive time at the Premier League, and I think it, it, it's time for him to go uh, that one step further. And win it this Great time entrance now. music as well. Great entrance music. <laughs> Your favourite. <laughs> Drums to the head. Well, I've obviously got the uh, the pressure of backing up my world championship prediction with Michael Smith. And you lads have picked three different people. So I suppose, am I going to pick a fourth and, and we're all team someone individually or am I going to back one of you? Um, and I'm actually going to go it alone and say Michael Van Gerwen will lift the Premier League trophy. He is a man that won his first Premier League title 10 years ago this year. He has won six Premier League titles in total and he has won five out of the last seven Premier Leagues. And, and something you said there, Kemp, about Gerwin Price was going to be one of my reasons is that the format, it's quick, it's get the job done, do your job, see you later. And I think that very much suits Van Gerwen. Not that the longer format doesn't with the success he's had in, in the Grand Prix and, and the Worlds, but... Yeah, I think Michael Van Gogh, when he got so close in the Worlds, very frustrated. He usually bounces back very quickly when he suffers defeat. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to win yet another Premier League title. I think he's got that incentive as well, hasn't he? That if he wins this, if I'm not mistaken, that like you say, this will be his seventh, which puts him as the lone wolf ahead of the pack, take, overtaking Phil Taylor on his, uh, his six Premier League championships as well. So, 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 Lu- so Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher situation in it, but... Sam, you've gone for uh, Chris Doby. Kemp, you've gone for Gerwin Price, Adam Peter Wright, and I've gone Michael Van Gerwin. So we, we've all I've got a major underdog there, haven't I? Yeah, big time. <laughs> we've, uh, let's see in May. It's debut, mate. If, Anything if can happen. One of us can. Uh, what, I, what I would say on, on what Adam's just said there, though, about um, you know Phil Taylor's Premier League of Darts uh, record. Let's not forget the Premier League of Darts was you know conceptualised in 2005. Yeah, towards the so, back end, weren't it? Let's be fair. 
Phil Taylor's my favourite dart player of all time. Record-breaking, history-making, 16-time champion of the world. <laughs> Get box, Adam. Shut the fuck up. Carry on. What? Don't ever do that again. fucking insulted him. <laughs> just, just very You're quickly, out for me Ken. today, and I don't know why. We've we've sure covered the Premier League now, and we've put our we've put our names to a player in a prediction. But Kent, very quickly, yeah, Phil Taylor was as we know very he was phenomenal. Let's let's not say otherwise, and and he won everything that there was to win a, a lot of times and more than anybody else. But the level of caliber of player these days put Phil Taylor in in today's sport. How well do you think he'd do? Yeah, he wouldn't do well at all. Absolutely not. Um, Best shit, yeah. yeah. But you look not shit, but he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't have won anywhere near as much as it won when when he was in his pomp. But you look at that, you know, that's the same with every sport. You look at mixed martial arts, for example, you put, you know, um Matt Hughes in today's welterweight division and he gets crucified every single time by every member of the roster. You put Pele in today's one of today's football teams and, and he gets crucified in on every level. So that just happens in sport over time, the standard increases, but you've only got to measure somebody by the opponents that they came up against. And I honestly think what Phil Taylor achieved in his career, he's, he's the greatest darts player of all time. And it's by say such athlete, a... Then. No, but it's, it's by such a distance that I think he's the best player in his sport. And I think he's further out than anybody else in any other sport. Better than I think Tiger. he's the clearest GOAT in any sport. Nah, it's got to be Tiger, surely. No, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. And I think a bit, Tiger's a clo- the closest person to him, most definitely. Most save, definitely. S- save this for the summer, the, the, the biggest goat of their individual sport. Oh, that's a great conversation. Hashtag save it. Hashtag save it indeed. Aggie. Yes, lads, thanks for your predictions. Look forward to seeing just how they go through the course of the Premier League. In just a few moments' time, we'll be back to discuss the National Football League. Welcome back to episode 27 of Loaded Sport. We're now going to start talking about the National Football League and the news that was announced earlier on this week. After winning seven Super Bowls, the MVP of the Super Bowl five times and the NFL MVP five times, Tom Brady, for the second time in consecutive years, has decided to retire. No, you're right, mate. Come and give us a hug, mate. Come on. It's a sad day. Saddest we day don't need to, though. We don't need to give Brady. Yeah, Dawson doesn't need to give us a hug. And, and Brady doesn't need to give us a hug either. I'm sure he's been looked after well by his daddy, Eli Manning. Saddest day ever, part two, you mean? Yeah, part two indeed. Yeah, we're back in true. seven months. The sequel. Memph. Okay, Memph. <laughs> nice skin. Um, I'm going to let you uh, you take it away, aren't you? He's your yeah. idol. Can, can I can I let someone else go first so I don't talk about all my love and then it gets absolutely shot down? <laughs> okay, you have to end on a positive it? note. Yeah, can we can we end it on a on a positive? I mean, I think uh, it's only natural. Kemp starts, isn't it? I mean, his yeah. his his boys fucking is absolute kryptonite. Yeah. The, his yeah, yeah, bless his heart, bless his heart. Is that yeah, that's his no, input? That's it. Seven, seven rings. <laughs> um, he is 
uh, yes, we had him in, in our back pocket twice, twice, I'll remind you. Uh, but yes, seven rings, he's, he's got to go down, in my opinion, as the greatest uh, greatest NFL player of all time. It's it's quite simple. Uh, he, yes, he never had a uh, less than a top 10 defence. Yes, he had a system that was absolutely bob on and perfect for him and a coach that was perfect for him as well and an unbelievable setup. Yes, he was achieve. proved cheating. Yes, he was proved cheating numerous amounts of times. But ultimately, you know, in the end, um, he still achieved what he achieved and seven rings speaks for itself. So although Eli Manning is still and will always be his puppy, um, he is the greatest of all time. And if I was a big Brady fan, you know, I would probably get him tattooed on my body somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I would make sure that if he is tattooed on my body somewhere, that he's probably in the right uniform because it would be really embarrassing if he wasn't. <laughs> I'll take over from here because I know if we want Dawson to finish last, bless him. You know what? I, I mentioned there about cheating, obviously, and, and there, there was always a dark cloud over him in, in New England, towards, especially towards the end. And I think it was the best thing he could have done was leave New England and just show everybody, show twats like myself, like, you know what? It, I didn't need to do any of that. And it, the fact yeah, that he, he just, didn't do any of that, it, I think he wouldn't have got the punishment if he didn't. So let's be fair. Yeah, um, so went read, went read into Tampa it, Bay. Mate. That's fine, mate. I have I went into Tampa Bay and um, has elevated every single person around him. Proved that, as Kemp rightfully said, he is the goat. Um, if he'd not gone to Tampa Bay, I personally would have probably still, and I think Kemp would have been the same. Had that little niggling thing against him that is a cheat, is a part, is a system QB. He needed Belichick, and his move is completely nipped that argument in board. So now, fair play to him, he is he is the uh, the goat for that completely reason. Completely agree. Me. And I'm and I'm in the exact same camp. Before he did go to Tampa Bay, you know there are those questions hanging over him. It's like, yeah, he's got the amount of rings that he's got, but oh, all the there's all these problems, all these questions. You know, the the setup was perfect for him, but. You know, when he went to Tampa Bay, they were a, a, a bit of a joke and a, a laughing stock, and uh, he won a Super Bowl with them not so long after. So, um, yeah, that that sort of solidified him in my mind as as the goat. So I'm glad you've said that as well, Sam. Aggie, what's your thoughts? I've only watched him for the last four years. I only saw him for I believe one year. Is is Aggie knows it was pure Tampa Bay. That's all I know him as. Um, but as a journalist, typically I look at the stats and the records he holds stands far above that of many others. Um, and yeah, it's going to be difficult to, to claim anything other than he is the greatest NFL player of all time. Um, and I don't think he's retiring. I think he'll be back again in seven months. He said last year he was retiring and look where that got him. Don't you buy it? I don't buy it, no. I, oh, wow. I okay, think he'll yeah. be back. I, I think, think that, that video seemed quite genuine. Well, so did the heartfelt message last year. I think mm. the thing is, it, with players... it were a bit, it were a bit, it was a bit sanitized for me. I thought last year it was a bit polished. I thought the one, the video. I know I've cut you off, and I do apologize. But I think the video he released, I think it was very raw of him, and I think it were it were a perfect send off. It were you know, a bit emotional, and for me, it sent very genuine. I, I really can't see how he goes back. It looked like a fucking idiot now. If he goes back three, to, you know, if he comes back again. Yeah. You think all of a sudden it's Brett Favre all over again? Oh, he's retiring. He's not retiring. Last year's think, was a farce. Last year's was a farce because there was so much speculation. You know, as soon as the season ended for him, the speculation, speculation running rife. You know, didn't do anything to dissuade it. Came out in the media dropping little hints and people asking him and him giving little side eyes and little you know winks to the camera and stuff like that. You know, mate, oh, I'm retiring for now. I might be back. You know, but I completely agree with Sam in the sense that you know he's 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 not. 
there'd be no rumours, there'd be no speculation. Obviously, there's always going to be speculation when you're 45, but yeah. there'd be no speculation fueled by himself. And then to no build-up, just randomly on Twitter or on, on his social media pages, just him, nobody else, you know, on the beach, you know, um, making that emotional speech. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, I completely agree, Sam. He's done. And, um, and if he's not done, then he needs to have a serious word with himself and people around <laughs> him because, you know, it's time to be done now. That was a perfect, you know, you've had two send-offs now. And, and in my opinion, that was the perfect way to do it. So leave it at that. I like the finish on a high. You win the Super Bowl and then you retire. And I felt that that would have been nice to just ride off into the sunset. You've got your records. You, you've done a, a great job to change the game and, and be a generational talent for the game as well. Uh, step away. But the thing is with people, when you've got that sort of ability, you, you don't really know when to step away. And I think no. although he has stepped away for now, he's going to look back on it and maybe miss it a bit down the line. And who knows, he might come back. You might be absolutely right. And I know, obviously, at the moment, everyone's looking at it as you are correct. And he, he is retired. But I don't buy it at the minute. It's done. Skin. Take us yes. away, mate. Take I mean, us away. It's, it's done. He's 45 years old. Let's not forget that last year's announcement was tarnished slightly by the fact that it was leaked before he had the opportunity. Yeah. This year, absolutely. yes, Yes, there were rumours, which are always going to be again, 45, down year with books, blah, 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 blah. So I think him having that closure, him being in full control of that situation is different. Um, also, his personal life with the separation from Giselle over this last 12 months, we don't know the ins and outs. We can only speculate on what we've seen. And a lot of that speculation is that him coming out of that retirement, you know, she was a big advocate for him retiring, spending more time with the family, him then going back on that. A lot of reports say that he uh, that put a lot of strain on the relationship and one was one of the main causes to why they eventually announced the separation. So this time around, it's a hell of a lot different to what it was 12 months ago. And for me, yeah, he's done. I would love, love, love with all my heart, and I would probably shed a tear if it, if it is announced that he will retire as a Patriot doing the classic one-day deal. Robert Kraft has come out in the last 24 hours saying that he would absolutely love to do it and he'd do it tomorrow if possible. So I've absolutely no doubts that there's going to be at least some kind of conversation about getting that done but yeah that for me would be the ultimate closure everyone that knows me knows what I think of him he's just he's unbelievable top of my bucket list was to see him play at Gillette Stadium before he retired obviously assuming that he would never leave the Patriots and the game that I finally went to at the end of 2019 was his last regular season game um, as a New England Patriot player so I could not have timed it any more perfectly I got to do what I wanted to do. And yeah, what a career. I can't see, I know all the talk about Mahomes and what he'll do, but I can't see anybody reaching the number of rings that he's reached. And a lot of records that he's set will will stand the test of the time or at least our lifetime anyway. So yeah, what a man, what a player. And uh, as good as Greg Olson has been this year, I am looking forward to the insight that he'll, uh, he'll provide on, on Fox coverage next season and for the next 10 years. Well said. Well said, Skin. So that brings us to a nice end. That is all we've got time for this week. Lads, thank you very much for joining to go through uh, the locks. Best of luck to Dan Malloy as well. Let's go.